0: Our, uh, our title is Who. It's as good as I could get for a title. But hopefully you, you capture it. So if you will turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. And uh, starting in verse 13, we have this revelation of, of Christ that comes from this uh, conversation with Jesus and his disciples. So when Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples this question. He asked them, what are people saying about the Son of Man? Who do they believe I am? They answered, some are convinced you are John the Baptizer. Others say you are Elijah reincarnated, or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But you, who do you say that I am? Jesus asked. Simon Peter spoke up and said, You are the anointed one, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, You are favored and privileged, Simeon, son of Jonah. For you didn't discover this on your own, but my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. I give you the name Peter, a stone. And this truth of who I am will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church. My, le- my legislative assembly and the power of death will not be able to overpower it I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth That which is released in heaven He then gave the disciples strict orders not to tell anyone that he was god's anointed one This is the revelation Of who jesus christ is that peter captures and I love what Jesus says, you know, nobody told this to you, this was revealed to you through my father because you've been listening, because you've been paying attention, you've allowed him to speak, you're hearing, you're listening to his voice and uh, as I sat at, at grad ceremony this week and I you guys had like one, two, three, four, five people step up and just start giving you all this great advice and bombarding you with all these things that you need to know, I thought Oh, they've already heard it all What am I going to say to them? So I thought the best thing I can do Now that you're done school for the summer Is give you some more homework (laughs) And you all said amen, praise Jesus Jay's giving me more homework So I want to leave you with some homework I want to leave you with two questions And the who is part of these two questions So these two questions are also for us And the two questions are the first thing is this question that jesus said who do I or is who do I say jesus Is so what's your life purpose? I know you're starting to figure that out now You're trying to pursue a career or you're thinking about school Or maybe you're taking a year off to think and contemplate what's next The answer to this big question of your life's purpose our life's purpose even as adults Is buried in like a beautiful treasure in this conversation between Jesus and his disciples as they've just come to Caesarea Philippi they've just had an encounter with uh, the Pharisees and now Jesus also after this conversation with the Pharisees where they're asking him for a sign to, to prove who he is then Jesus has this conversation with them and they're confused as usual uh, with this conversation of him kind of telling telling him telling them like watch the Pharisees and their teachings, be careful with this. They come to this moment where Jesus says, you know, who, who's, who are people saying that I am? Who do they say that I am? And uh, their response is that. There's John the Baptizer, Jeremiah maybe, uh, Elijah maybe. And here's Jesus at his, uh, Abbey, his most vulnerable. Here's Jesus at his most vulnerable. He looks at his friends, his disciples, and he says, who do you say that I am? And if you've, how many have ever asked a friend, a real close friend, this question? Like, have you ever said to them, what do you really think of me? (laughs) Have you? Maybe your spouse, maybe you asked your spouse, what do you really think of me? It's a vulnerable question. And I guess the, the biggest courage probably is to actually stop and listen if the response is honest enough. To listen to what they have to say to you in that response. And here's Jesus you know, he, he asks the question, and then he kind of sits back and, and waits for the reply. And, and Peter, of course, Peter, right? Peter responds. That's why he's the heroic figure oftentimes in the Bible, where he just steps out in the awkward moments. And he's like, you're, 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 you're the son of the living God. And I, I love that, that Peter does this. I love that he always steps out. But I want you to pay attention to the actual question That Jesus asks as you move forward into this new chapter of your life I want you to think about this question that Jesus asks Peter because he asks us And I think we need to ask ourselves this question if we pursue this question It will lead to our life's purpose in everything Can we step up and ask this first question and say who do I? Who do I say that Jesus is in my life each and every day can we pursue that? The question is rich, lifelong, it's flexible, and it is a satisfying question. And we can pursue its mysteries for the rest of our lives and never get tired of the adventure. And we can pursue this question. And all other questions will kind of fit under this umbrella of who do I say that Jesus is. It's, it's, and it's not just a, a question to be answered. It's actually the point of our life's pursuit, and it can be the navigational North Star for us. This can be the compass that directs us. Who do I say that Jesus is? We're all heading in different directions. And no matter what, whether we go left or right, this can navigate us. This can be the truth that navigates us. Always pointing us in that direction of not what to do, but who he is for us. So that's your first question. And now living it out, because you know, getting decent grades... That seems important enough. I'm sure that you've all had that pressure, right? 30%, was it? 30% the grad class, two weeks? Oh, that was, oh, okay. Yes, they felt the pressure of getting good grades. Being a loyal friend, that seems important enough as well. And going to church, that seems important enough. And always trying your best, that seems important enough as well. And I, I think, in fact, almost every adult here and every adult in your life would be completely overjoyed and if you excelled in those four basic areas to just say yeah that's awesome that you're doing that well and jesus would be overjoyed right alongside them but he's way more interested in the question that he's asked peter and he asks us who do you say i am in your life so peter gives the perfect answer and it leads to another question and that question goes from who do i say jesus is to the second question being who does Jesus say I am? Who does Jesus say I am? See, when Peter steps up and answers Jesus' question with magnificent determination, he reveals this deep and deep relationship, this intimacy that he has with Jesus. Jesus often taught them, and he, one of the things he taught them is that I'm the vine and you're the branches, so intimacy is you being connected to me. So are you connected with me? And you see that, that Peter is connected to Jesus. He's found this revelation because of the intimacy that he has. And now this second question unfolds, who does Jesus say that I am? And as this relationship is a two-way street, he names Jesus, he knows the truth about Jesus, and then Jesus returns to him and names him as well. So when we name him, he also names us. And he looks at Peter and says, you are Peter. He gives him a nickname peter you're peter now you're a stone you're a stone peter he publicly names him one of his closest friends and he tells him upon this revelation that you've received that's where i'm going to build my church as we have the courage to name jesus he is determined to name us just as he did with peter we name him and then we're named ourselves as we draw deeper to jesus how many of you have nicknames I have way too many. And they all have to do with my stature. And Jesus had nicknames for his disciples. They were his friends. They were his buddies. He had two interesting gentlemen like Jonah and Zach that he called Sons of Thunder. Because they were wild and crazy. He names Peter Rock. He gives them nicknames as he has this intimate relationship with them. As we come to this place of intimacy and we ask that first question, who do I say Jesus is, we come to this other one that is so important as well because it establishes our identity and we live out of that identity that we have, which is who does he say that I am? Our purpose in life narrows when we can take this question and bring it to the forefront. It simplifies things. It it takes Jesus out of you know, the back furniture of our lives and puts him at the center to be able to say, who do I say he is? And then response, his response to say, who do I say he, like, who do I say Jesus is? And then who does he say that I am? When Nicodemus, one of the Pharisees, he visits Jesus in the darkness of the night, he asks him a question about who Jesus is and what he intends to do. And Jesus condenses all realities into one simple Reality and he says that you must be born again. You must be born again. He's pulling back the curtain for Nicodemus. He's pulling this curtain back, and he's showing that there is one true God who loves us and is bent on restoring us into relationship with him by redeeming our broken identity. So he's saying, You must be born again, meaning you have a name that your parents have given you. You have a name that you have identified yourself with, whatever that name might be. But really, your true identity comes from me. So allow me to name you. Allow me to give you the identity that you truly should have. And I've, you know I've often talked about identity. And I want to leave you with that again. As you move forward, as you go, Jesus' voice needs to be the one that's naming us. Just as he did with Peter. So that it will shatter the false beliefs that we may have embraced for ourselves. The false names that people may have given us or the, the false names that we may have taken on ourselves. Things like, you'll never be good enough, or your performance is what's important, not your effort. You're damaged and spoiled everything, or the reason you're treated badly by others is because they see you for who you really are. People will always let you down, so you better protect yourself with self-reliance. The reflection you see in the mirror is flawed, and you may, may never find someone who truly loves you. And Jesus he hears those things and he desires to shut those voices out and to speak the truth of who you truly are, which is beloved, which is treasured, which is loved. And that's what I want you to hear this morning as you step out. You know, I the Brennan Manning says. He says, Define yourself as one beloved of God. This is the true self. And every other identity is an illusion. So your homework for the grads and for us is to take these two questions and live them out each and every day. As you wake up, to say, who do I say Jesus is? And as you reflect on that, then you can answer the question of, who does he say I am? And live out that way. So a practical thing for you to take home is this. When you get home, write your name down. Go to the web and find out what your meaning is of your name. And then have a conversation and ask Jesus, Give me a new name. Give me the name that you call me. Give me that name, that identity that I can now run with in my life. And shut out all the other identities that I should have never lived out of. This may feel weird, but do it. My name means healer. Jason means healer. And it's funny because my mom named me, and it wasn't some, you know, thought out, let me check the meaning of this name. She liked some soap opera, and that was one of the names on (laughs) me. Right? But God has redeemed the name for me he looks at me and says, I want you to be that healer. I want you to bring healing to the lives of others. I want you to show the love and grace that I have given you to others that they might have healing and restoration and redemption in the identity of who I truly have called them to be. So that's what I leave you. Two questions. A little bit of homework for life, which is to everyday ask these questions. Who do I say Jesus is? who does he say i am it's been a pleasure to walk with you over the last three years to see you guys grow in different ways to have you in youth to see you here in the church community from teaching kids church to being in the nursery to teaching my kids piano to crazy bus rides and sleepless nights and uh Once again, to reiterate the words I often say to you, but I say them with true meaning. I love you all, and I'm proud of you guys, and I know that you guys are world changers. So never forget, when you fail, when you mess up, when you make a mistake, the beauty of who Jesus calls you is what caused Peter to find even redemption in his failure. I'll leave you with this. Adam fails, and his response in failing God is to run and hide. Peter, he denies Jesus three times, and it says in the scriptures that on the third time time he denied Jesus, he locked eyes with Jesus, and he was so ashamed that he ran away. After he hears the rumor that Jesus is alive, Peter runs to the tomb, and it's empty. So he decides to do what he only knows, I guess, best to do, and says, let's go fishing. And he's a leader, so they follow him, and they go fishing. And then Jesus on the beach starts preparing a breakfast, and then he calls out to them. And John, because he already is rooted in this beloved identity, he's the one that recognizes Jesus right away. And when he calls to them, John says, it's the Lord. And Peter, he jumps out and runs. And that's the difference when we can catch the revelation of what Peter caught in who Jesus was and who Jesus called him to be, when we do make the mistakes, it won't be, I messed up, don't call dad. It'll be, I messed up, call dad. And that's the difference with grace, with love, and having our identity rooted in who he is and who he has called us to. Be.